Good morning everybody, it is Friday the 2nd of October, my birthday, and here I am working, 49 again. The market today down 53, pretty poor performance considering the futures this morning were down just 27. Dow was up 35 and we have the repeat of the May-April performance in the US markets, NASDAQ flying up. It seems the technology sector is being seen as a defensive sector once again, NASDAQ was up 1.45%, Amazon jumped 23 3% overnight. I've got a chart of that in the strategy piece today. The share price is $3,221 and some broker put out a $4,500 target price. There is no end to how far these tech stocks can run, obviously. And we hold the FANG ETF in the ETF portfolio. And I've put the ETF portfolio in the newsletter today. And that's been performing rather nicely for us. It's up 6.8% since we bought it recently. The HACK ETF, which is the cybersecurity ETF, is up 5.2%. The S&P 500 ETF is up 3.1%. And all the Australian ETFs over the ASX 300 and 200 going absolutely nowhere. Anyway, you can see the ETF portfolio in the newsletter today. Not much going on. One stock that will create a few headlines today is Miso Blast. They've been down 44%. They're currently down 35%. A roller coaster of a stock had an absolute pop the other day from around $3 to five over $5 in a day. And here we are today. It's gone from $5 down to $3.30. Their problem today is the FDA asking them to conduct at least one more clinical trial to show the efficacy of their drug. Anyway, I'll leave the MSB fans to catch up with that on their own. After some rather good economic numbers out of the US yesterday, some rather dull ones overnight, the US ISM manufacturing survey slowed in September, came in below expectations. Although the weekly jobless numbers are a bit better than expected, but they're still bad. 837 people, sorry, 837,000 people claiming unemployment benefits in the US last week. Better than the 850,000 expected. We have the major jobs numbers for the month out tonight in the US. That could push them one way or the other. The US market at the moment is being blown about by the comings and goings of stimulus talks. And you'll see the headline today that the US House passes Democratic COVID-19 aid plan after bipartisan deal proves elusive. But the US market's not responding. Dow futures down 72 and sliding quietly lower. Hasn't got a boost from that at all. And I've written that in the strategy piece today that there has been so much anticipation and disappointment and false starts on this stimulus bill that by the time it arrives, it might be better to travel than arrive and it all lands like a anti-climax. Anyway, seems to be what's happening. But another driver for the US tonight. There's some talk from the FDA that there will be two months of follow-up data required on study volunteers after they are inoculated before a vaccine or an emergency approval of a vaccine would be allowed. So there was there is going to be no election convenient vaccine announcements pre-November 3rd. The good news is Pfizer is expecting a 60% effective vaccine. The FDA needs 50% or more. So a 60% effective vaccine by year end, and they might file for an FDA approval this month. Moderna is expected as well to release phase two trial results this month. Anyway, some progress on the vaccine, but it does seem like there is no miracle announcement going to suddenly pop out on this. I think the market is now anticipating a fairly significant chance of a vaccine by the end of the year. And if 
anything, we're more likely to be disappointed on that expectation rather than bettered. Meanwhile, the oil price tipped over overnight, down 3.24%. The excuse for that is waning hopes of Northern Hemisphere economic recovery as case numbers rise. We got out of our oil sector recovery trade last week. We've held on to Worley Parsons or Worley Group, as it's called now. But the rest of the sector, you'll see the chart in the strategy piece today, just trending down, going nowhere. Next week, there's a long weekend in New South Wales this weekend. Henry, who works in New South Wales, we've told he can pass on Henry's take on Monday. Let's give him the day off. But his response has been money never sleeps and he's got nowhere to go anyway. Everywhere, apparently, in New South Wales is book solid. No room at the inn. And that's an interesting window as well on that article I wrote recently called Pet Balm, which was about the things that we're going to suddenly find as restrictions come off. And one of them will be that you simply can't book accommodation. That campsite that you book every year will be chockers for years to come. We usually go down to Marimbula and I can imagine the beach cabins at Marimbula being booked solid now. As soon as these border restrictions come off, you aren't going to be able to get a holiday, get a table at a restaurant. Had an interesting comment from one strategist this week, which isn't a very helpful comment, but it might well be true that Melbourne, whose restaurant industry has been destroyed over the last six months by lockdowns, had 25% too many restaurants before COVID and that post-COVID restaurants will offer a better product, better service and higher prices. Moving on, also next week we've got the budget on Tuesday. Henry's written it up in Henry's Take today so I won't cover it again but uh, obviously expecting some stimulus of some sort and the RBA meets next week. I know Bill Evans, the Westpac economist, made the suggestion last week that they might cut rates from 0.25% down to 0.1% although since then a few other strategist comments and I think even Bill himself has suggested it's unlikely to happen that early they'll keep it in reserve might still happen in November but I think that idea has gone on hold right whilst not a lot's going on I've looked at a few stocks today go to the strategy piece and have a look Illumina is one Citigroup have upgraded their recommendation to buy this morning the share price is $1.36 they've got a $1.80 target price and I've written it up because quite astonishingly, the broker research at the moment has a lot of buy recommendations. I think there's one underperform recommendation, otherwise all buys. And target prices average 39% above the current share price. The stock is down 35% in six months, despite the Illumina price, which is its underlying commodity, being up 2%. It is a play on global economic recovery, the demand for aluminium. It's also possibly a play on electric vehicle manufacturing. You might have heard Elon Musk recently highlighting that Tesla were unable to ramp up production because of the availability of aluminium parts. But despite all this enthusiasm and it offering a very good play on economic recovery, the chart is just horrible. It's dropped from $2.30 to $1.40, $2.30 pre-COVID to $1.30. And it's been in downtrend since late 2018. I'll put the stock box in as well. It's on a yield of 7. 
0.3% and is showing after an earnings drop this year. It's showing a fairly significant earnings recovery next year. It's not expensive. PE of 16 times on next year's numbers. Balance sheet is solid. Hard to know quite why the share price is where it is. The only thing I would say about it is buy it for economic optimism, but I wouldn't be buying it until that share price starts to turn. In, in timing terms, this isn't the moment. In fact, on the weekly chart I've put in there, it's just had a sell signal. So you wouldn't be buying it today. Market's pretty drifty anyway. But at some point, that might well be worth a look, especially for the income funds. I've also written up near map today. There was a buy signal on the chart, so we had a look at it. The brokers are keen. The average target price, there are only three brokers covering it, but the average target price is 35% above the current share price. So the brokers say go, but the numbers say no. Have a look at the numbers. On the stock box, it is not forecast to make a profit ever at this point. Negative PEs, no yield, minus 38% profit margin, minus 17% return on assets. Horrible looking star mine ratings on the stock box. Not sure why you'd buy it, but it is obviously one of the stocks that captures people's imaginations. There is a buy signal on it at the moment, but it is clearly one for the traders rather than the investors. Not a lot of safety margin there if the market decides it doesn't want to hold risky stock. So it's a risk on stock, not a risk off stock. We're going a bit risk off the moment. Anyway, have a look at that. In a similar vein, I've written up Zip Money today, Z1P. And this is one where, again, we've had a buy signal on the chart. These are daily charts, so short term stuff. We've had a buy signal on the chart, but it is a stock that's been in uptrend. It was recently up over $10, now $6.50. And today, whereas City have put out a buy recommendation on Nearmap recently, they've got a sell recommendation. In fact, there are two brokers there. UBS has as well on Z1P. And again, if you look at the numbers, zip money doesn't make money for the next couple of years. No yield, high PE. Well, there is no PE. Huge gearing. But this time the brokers are mixed. There are a couple of brokers there with target prices 16 and 27% below the current share price. There's one broker there, Morgan's, with an ad recommendation from August with a target price 55% above the current share price. You wonder, and I don't know for sure, but you wonder whether Morgan's are perhaps a broker that's done corporate work for Z1P. I don't know that for a fact. That might be a bit too cynical, but brokers don't know what to make of it. The numbers are saying sell and the chart is saying buy. It's really about the buy now, pay later space. And Citigroup today have pretty much said what we think about buy now, pay later is that, and this is a quote, there is evidence of an increasingly competitive landscape for buy now, pay later service providers in the US market. And they had some evidence for that reason they put their sell recommendation out. Anyway, Z1P and Nearmap charts say yay and the numbers say hey. I've also put in Flight Center today. It was up a couple of percent yesterday on the back of its annual report. We are holding it. It's doing okay for us. It is a stock that's obviously flat on its back. It was $40 pre-COVID. It's down to $13.90. I've just put up the broker research today. It's not terribly optimistic, I've got to say. Average target price 7.4% below the current share price. But if you look at the stock box, which is in there, there's a significant earnings recovery factored in. We'll keep holding it. It's one of those stocks we'll look back in a year's time and say, why weren't we buying? And whereas we gave up on our recovery trade last week, that was more based on global recovery. I think the Australian domestic recovery is more likely and more predictable and more reliable than a global economic recovery at the moment, the winter wave in the Northern Hemisphere. So happy to keep playing in Flight Centre. And we have, or we keep talking about Qantas and Sydney Airports being 
being two stocks that we'll look back in a year's time or five years time certainly and go goodness why weren't buying so we keep nibbling away at those i have put the growth portfolio in the strategy piece this morning all the holdings and how we're doing on them and the performance since inception which was back in 2018 and this portfolio has returned 15.8 percent per annum since inception against a asx 200 return of 0.61 percent in the last year this portfolio has done particularly well because of that cashing up period during the initial covid sell-off and over the last year the portfolio is up 10.21 percent against the s&p asx 200 down 12.9 percent so been a great year failure finally to close off today some recent director purchases and the obvious one is twiggy forest andrew forest has bought six million shares in fortescue metals at sixteen dollars eighteen share price now sixteen sixty eight or sixteen eighty eight is whether your last night's close or intraday anyway it's higher and whilst everybody calls that a major endorsement of the share price you might just notice that the payment date for the recent fortescue dividend is today my birthday and here he is spending 97 million dollars buying fmg stock whilst 1.122 billion dropped into his bank account this morning so let's not get too carried away he owns 36.33 percent of fmg so let's uh, let's not get too carried away with how big a statement it is that he buys 97 million dollars worth of stock because he's kept 1 billion and 25 million that he hasn't invested in his own stock and if he was running a dividend reinvestment plan he would have put it all back but anyway there we go no criticism of mr forrest at all but just don't read too much into the fact he's bought six million shares and although he's taken 1.122 billion dollars into his bank account today he also has got a rather nice franking credit which increases that amount by 42.8 percent there we go anyway as i leave you a quiet friday drifting into the end of the week jobs numbers tonight stimulus bill possibly tonight budget and rba next week market trends still pretty nasty we're happy to have mostly or not mostly we're happy to be cashed up more than we would be in a bull market looking to buy rather than sitting there taking it in the nose particularly in the banks which are down another one and a half percent or so it feels so good not to be holding bank whilst they continue to disappoint that's about that i will see you in the email tomorrow you have a good day down futures as i leave you by the way down 77 no improve Thank you.